Welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, and happy to have you with us here on NoFilter.net. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, as a kid growing up in uh, Brooklyn, New York, it was uh, Clinton Avenue in Myrtle. I don't know if I can uh, quantify the uh, area, define the area. We considered it Bedford-Stuyvesant. It wasn't necessarily a desirable place to be at the time, but it wasn't half bad, right? It's kind of an international, eclectic uh, conundrum of uh, different cultures all rolled into one block. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, were always playing uh, ball in the streets. It, it was... Uh, just a, an absolutely great place to go and uh, to grow up. Uh, we played all kinds of street games, every hybrid version of baseball you could imagine. And when we went to the movies, there was one movie theater there, uh, Luby. It was the Peerless Theater. Okay. And it was right there on the corner of uh, Clinton and Myrtle, just a little bit off to the side there uh, under the Myrtle Avenue elevated train. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know, we, we figured out a way to get into the projection booth. And I'll never forget this. Uh, and the, the big... Stud kid in our neighborhood was a guy I've mentioned before uh, to you uh, in other stories involving my childhood, yeah. <laughs> my misguided youth, misspent youth. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Richie D'Angelo was the kid, uh, and uh, he orchestrated a move where we, we go to the Peerless Theater, uh, a group of kids, and uh, the place was packed. It was a Saturday afternoon matinee. It was real cheap to get in. The popcorn was reasonably priced. Uh, they weren't gouging uh, your eyeballs out. You didn't need, like, a ski mask and a gun to go to the concession stands. And uh, sure enough, uh, he had found a way to uh, roll a different movie into the projector. And so we were supposed to be uh, seeing some surfing movie with like uh, Annette Funicello, which everybody was going because, uh, let's face That's it, she had some uh, rather big memories. I don't know that we cared that she was, uh, you know, <laughs> like hanging out in a Mickey Mouse club there. There was nothing Mickey Mouse about this woman That's in that regard. And so, you know, for, to, uh, you know, a nine-year-old kid, uh, that was fascinating, but uh, instead of showing the surfing movie, um, we found a way to slip into the projector, Sweat Hog Sluts. <laughs> so that plays for a few minutes before the theater manager realizes that he's been scammed by a bunch of kids and gets in there and he puts a stop to it really quickly. The movie uh, tears in the projector and it takes a while there for them to finally load up their, their regular film while we're all laughing our asses off. Thinking, uh, <laughs> What a great spoof on everybody that was. Sweat Hog Sluts, one of my all-time favorites uh, in terms of triple X-rated movies. But um, I, I thought yesterday, and I don't know if you felt this way when I was watching the Miami Dolphins versus Carolina, that somehow they had slipped the wrong movie. I, I, I thought I was watching Sweat Hog Sluts all over again and uh, at the Peerless Theater because um, Carolina goes up. Uh, Carolina, they can't give you enough points with Carolina to tempt me into betting the Carolina Panthers at any point this year until they start giving like 30 points a game. Exactly. The uh, line makers. I mean, uh, the line went off. I remember, we actually told people we were right about something, Luby. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. We were right about something. We, we told uh, people to jump on that line when it came out, 11 and a hook. The yes. Dolphins over the Carolina Panthers uh, at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. In the heat of the day, yep. they were just going to fry the Panthers. So we're even down 14 to nothing. Uh, did you lose confidence? Uh, wh where where were you in terms of throwing in the towel, Luby? Because uh, you usually <laughs> talk about Mel Brooks. I mean, you, you are a sports fan uh, that uh, is laced with high anxiety when you're watching your favorite teams perform. Uh, so uh, were you feeling it's over? I mean, uh, that this was when they were mailing in? Or did you feel confident that? Uh, they were just going to shake this off as if it was a joke 
as if it was Nadal giving some qualifier in the opening round of a tournament, uh, one of the majors, one of the slams, uh, you know, j- just throwing in uh, the first game and uh, he's down two nothing in the first set. And, you know, there's no way that this uh, is going to hold up. And, and that's kind of how he felt about it. And, and the Dolphins did turn it around and ended up winning the game with six touchdowns, uh, 42 to 21. Uh, well, what did you make of that? Or, or did you think that, that you were watching some, uh, you know, film that got into the machine by uh, the projector by mistake? I, I I thought they were sort of throwing it away. I Like the play calling early on was freaking weird. Um, their defense has struggled early in games and it struggled again. Bryce Young, people are already calling him a bust, even though it's really not his fault. The Panthers defense hasn't been good and they dominated the first quarter. It was like, what? And it was at, I'm like, is this in Carolina at least? Like, I'm like, okay, it's here and it's hot as hell today. I'm like, what is going on? I didn't throw it in the towel because this team is that talented, but it was just annoying and it was weird. But we saw that all day yesterday. Like all day yesterday was the better team playing down to the worst team all day long. And the Dolphins at least righted the ship in the second half. Everyone else did, not everyone did. Well, there were a couple of shockers uh, yesterday. Uh, the Cleveland Browns with Milt Plum at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, who is their backup quarterback? PJ Walker, the guy that stole the show in the USFL two years ago, the guy that's like 5'8". PJ Walker was a guy playing quarterback. So, so they had kind of a, a carnival act uh, in there yes, at quarterback. Yes. Uh, and uh, sure enough, uh, they knock off the San Francisco 49ers who uh, had just been declared invincible. Brock Purdy was going to be the MVP of the league. Uh, Shanahan uh, is a complete genius, eclipsing anything that we've seen from any other coach in the history. Holy <laughs> Bill Walsh, this guy is the answer, my friends. Yeah, He is Joel Osteen, just uh, going down there on the sideline and preaching the gospel to uh, the 49ers who have any number of uh, massive uh, weapons that they can uh, call on. And uh, sure enough, they, they, they are defeated. Not even against the spread. We're talking about straight up they lose yep. to the Cleveland Browns, who um, have a good defense, according to everybody. But uh, in terms of offense, so you would have to say, well, we used to ask the question here in South Florida, uh, who's more overrated or what is more overrated, Bryce Harper or the Stone Crab, which is a uh, South Florida delicacy that uh, it's very expensive, people, if you're buying it somewhere else, right? It's expensive. There's a Joe Stone Crabs in Las Vegas, but uh, do you trust them, right? Uh, they have to be shipped frozen. It's not the same thing. These are no right out of the water there. But you would have to say a more overrated Deshaun Watson or the Stone Crab at this point. At this point. Especially when they're going for like what seventy nine dollars a pound or whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> I got I got some shell in my teeth. You probably felt that way if you had Philadelphia also against the New York Jets. Uh, that was the other uh, monumental upset that took place on the NFL gridiron. But I wanted to get into uh, bonehead coaching decisions because okay. this is a business that thrives on analyzing and doing uh, an autopsy on a coach's brain-dead decision <laughs> that ultimately led to a loss. Now, uh, we had a beauty, and I think the ultimate case, this will be the gold standard. If the Supreme Court was going to go ahead and uh, cite a case as precedent, it would be Mario Cristobal oh, failing to take a knee, University of Miami, a uh, chance to close out a game against lowly Georgia Tech, preserve their undefeated season, catapult themselves into a position where uh, people are saying, hey, you know what? They might be back. And instead, I mean, should teams just hire a, a clock management end game coach? Yes. Yes. To sit in the booth among the 30 other coaches that are assisting the head coach who's getting paid millions and millions of dollars to make the most bonehead, bozoic decisions that you will ever witness. Yes. Now, uh, this happened in the uh, Giants game against the Buffalo Bills. 
which uh, did not have like uh, ugliness written all over it. Right from the start, the Bills are doing nothing. They get shut out in the first half of this ball game. Oh, You're thinking, yes. wake up. You have to cover 15. <laughs> so it's 6 nothing with uh, inside of a minute to go. The Giants uh, have the ball, and uh, via a penalty, they're now on the one fucking yard line. The one yard line, movie. Uh, they have a chance to probably throw a couple of passes, and if they don't complete those for a touchdown, then certainly they would opt for the field goal. And instead of being up six nothing, at least they're up nine nothing. Your favorite. Now you're thinking. Two yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's a two score game. <laughs> so what? What is? The, I mean, there are a couple of things that you can't do. Uh, one of which is get stopped short of the goal line with no timeouts left and twelve seconds to go. By the time they run this play, first and goal from the one. Yep. And they run the ball and get stuffed and never get off another play. Oh Brian Dayball, his face, I thought he was going to pass out. I really did. Uh, <laughs> did you uh, see the expression on his face? He, he looked like Ric Flair staring down a masked wrestler who had just insulted his mother in the center of the ring. And he grabs the microphone with a big red face and goes, McMahon, you're going to pay for this. <laughs> Tyron Taylor was a quarterback. Uh, now, now, how on earth does that happen? I mean, you have a dozen assistant coaches on uh, each side of the uh, ball, on each side of the equation, offense and defense, and, and several others. I mean, uh, I, I think even Jeff Van Gundy is a consultant to the Giants at this point uh, on uh, play calling and clock management. Uh, Dayball seemed like he was unaware that they were going to run the football. So uh, how does that happen, Luby, in your opinion? And if it does, <laughs> who's accountable? I mean, don't heads have to roll? They should look like Don Carter Lane somewhere in Kendall, Florida, where, um, yeah, well, uh, all of the top pros are in there for this one, and the top prize money is $5,000. Imagine these guys were bowling back in uh, the 60s there, Chris Schenkel, Nelson Burton Jr., and the prize money was like five grand if you won the freaking tournament. That wasn't even enough to pay for the cigarettes and beer exactly. that these guys were consuming during the match. It was crazy. But uh, the bonehead decision, I mean, does it rank up there with uh, oh, yeah. Mario Cristobal? It's its not quite as catastrophic, but uh, well, when you lose 14-9 to nine in the uh, end result, mm -hmm. you would have to say this was a chance for a team that was on the balls of its ass, the New York Giants. And after a, a very promising season a year ago, all of a sudden, uh, they look like uh, just absolute uh, putrefied garbage. Uh, yet they did manage to cover the point spread, which was good. Just so you could have had the reason you have a veteran backup like Tyra Tiller's been in the league like I feel like fifteen years, at yes. least ten years. Like why have a guy? You could have Zach Wilson be your quarterback then if you're going to just have a guy make a stupid ass. Like even if he's audibling, how do you audible to another to a run? <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, that would be the man's last audible he would ever call. Exactly. I wouldn't, uh, you know, care if uh, you had to uh, re resurrect uh, Fran Tarkenton and uh, put him back there. <laughs> At least he would scramble around. But to hand the ball off and have the guy get stuffed was inexcusable. You can't Just uh, incredible how uh, people could make uh, bonehead mistakes. Uh, at that level, but uh, it, it, it also equally incredible, and this is a local story that just popped up this morning before we uh, took the airwaves here on nofilter.net, but uh, what we have been touting uh, throughout the uh, end of the baseball season uh, are lowly Miami Marlins. I mean, expectations 0.0, .0, my friend. 
uh, hardly of the Dickens variety. There, there are no great expectations with this team in any season. And yet somehow they scratched and clawed their way into a playoff position, albeit to get swept in two games by the red-hot Philadelphia Phillies, who find themselves now in the uh, league championship round. So no disgrace there. They ran into a hot ball club at a time that they were struggling with uh, various elements uh, on their roster. But but they were struggling all year long because they began the season with a bunch of bag ladies, Luby. Yes. Baseball bag ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kim Eng, the general manager, the only female general manager in any North American sport yes, at, on the professional level, uh, had done a marvelous job. I mean, absolutely Branch Ricky-esque yeah. at the trade deadline. She looked like Red Auerbach all of a sudden. They're just raiding the Baltimore Bullets roster and saying, uh, who can you give me? How about Monroe? <laughs> we'll give you a couple of schleps, man. Uh, wizardry. I mean, you had to have some real intuition and insight to pick up Jake Berger and Josh Bell at the trade deadline with the limited resources that the Marlins have and the fact that they're probably not going to pay anybody any uh, enormous amount of money anytime real soon. So both of these guys become huge sparks and catalysts in uh, the Marlins' success to run into the postseason. Uh, any rise for optimism for the franchise. And I would think Kim Eng would be a very viable candidate. Uh, would it be a shock if she was the executive of the year? I mean, they, they were up. They were plus 13 in games one from year over year. She literally made moves that remade the entire roster and took a, a, a crappy offense and at least made it viable. To me, I, who was better? Yeah, the teams that are winning, well, they won last year. <laughs> the Phillies are in the World Series. I guess the Diamondbacks, but did they make any moves? I think they just got better from within. I don't think they made moves. Like the Marlins were a 180, and it was almost all because of Kimmy. Well, and uh, she uh, kind of replaced Derek Cheater, who was uh, the biggest disaster as a sports executive uh, this side of Mike Tannenbaum. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he literally buried the franchise, which is all the more reason. I know he's very popular and uh, was a great player and uh, demonstrated all of the things that you like about baseball, played the game with dignity and class, and always uh, played hard, played the win, gave it everything that he had. There was a catalyst in almost everything good that happened to the Yankees uh, during most of his 15 years uh, in, uh, in pinstripes. Yes. And yet, as an executive, a complete failure. So, uh, of course, he would be the guy that Fox hires to be their baseball analyst. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take years to dig out, or, or so it would have seemed, except King Ang, Kim Ang managed to uh, do that. Yep. And uh, you said that it was a mutual parting of ways. They're not even saying that. She said, no, I'm good. <laughs> declined her own option to come back and be the general manager of the team again. Yes. What, what a disaster. I mean, finally, something good happens to this franchise. It's incredible. Yeah, she's the young. stench of Jeffrey Laria and David Sampson finally is no longer hovering over the entire area of Miami and Dade County. And, uh, you know, which uh, very strong resemblance to cow manure, that stench. <laughs> and Kim Ng comes in here and uh, seems to have everything going on the right track. And uh, finally springboard for some optimism about the franchise. And she says sayonara. No pun intended yes. there. Let's hope we don't get taken down our number uh, mm-hmm. with the, uh, you know, cancel culture. But uh, she does literally say sayonara to the uh, Marlins organization. A very strange story, my friends. Very strange story. All right. Uh, Brian Dayball takes the cake. Bozo move of the, uh, the, oh, weekend. the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. 
totally out of control, this man. I mean, uh, he, he was ready to just uh, jump off the top rope and give his offensive coordinator an atomic skull crusher, a la Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> uh, we have to make our exit as uh, there'll be a Monday night game tonight. Uh, you have the uh, Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys trying to rebound off that uh, catastrophic loss that they had uh, suffered at the hands of the 49ers, who subsequently turned right around and lose to a bunch of schleps. Crappy Holy mill plum. What the hell is going on out there? Incredible. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, next edition of the morning briefing from Mike Luby Lubitz, who, uh, by the way, Luby, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday. How does it feel? <laughs> it feels like I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last birthday, uh, you know, what was wrapped up in a little box. I thought it was going to be some kind of piece of jewelry or something, which I don't need. I don't wear. Uh, it was a uh, capsule with uh, six Viagra. <laughs> that I was given this by my wife. Active. This would be active. <laughs> I just grind the stuff up and snort it now. I mean, I don't even bother wasting uh, any time pretending that, like, well, this might happen on its own. Forget about it. Give me Victor Conti, Dr. Galea. Give me anybody that can help. Yeah. All right. So, we'll see you next time. Next edition of the morning briefing for Mike Luby Lubitz, the birthday boy. I'm Jeff DeForest, and uh, always a pleasure being with you right here on nofilter.net. 